Welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. It has been too long, but we've got Turner back. I'm Charles Horn, as always. Turner, a lot of soccer been going on recently, but more importantly, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, in general, in life, I'm doing fine. Soccer, it's just kind of good weeks and bad. <laughs> just mixed emotions, but uh, I don't think... Really, you can't say that about your Chelsea. So I, I'm sure that's a definitely a one-sided comment. I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, what am I trying to say? I can't, I can't claim that you're having the same feelings, at least with your team uh, uh, and and the sport that they're playing. But um, I'm doing all right. How are you, Chess? Yeah, you know, I'm good. Yeah, I think you know, you, you did touch on it. There, are, you know, you've had I think more highs than lows with Arsenal recently which, you know, always a good thing, but there have been some lows. There haven't really been any lows for Chelsea, which we'll get into. I mean, we've got a great episode today. You know, Premier League first, Champions League preview, second legs coming up in the next two weeks. So much great football on the horizon. Um, but I think we should just dive right in because, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit. Um, Arsenal and Chelsea and two very, I mean, I think everyone's in a very weird place right now. You know, this has been the strangest season of Premier League football I've ever watched. It has been yeah. impossible. Like it, it, the fact that we are talking about a Chelsea team that I like, I want to remind everyone that we're at one point 17 games unbeaten under Frank Lampard. That was this season. You know, Liverpool had not lost a home match in like three years until three weeks ago, and they've lost six in a row. Yeah. Um, it's been a super wild season, but just diving right into Arsenal. Uh, over the weekend, a pretty calamitous Granit Xhaka error uh, led to, you know, this weird, you know, I, I feel like the most Burnley result possible. Um, but just talk me through, you know, you've had Burnley, but you've also had Benfica. We've had, you know, Aubameyang come back to some sort of form. You've got, you know, the injury concern. So as an Arsenal fan, you know, looking over the past, you know, few weeks, how are you feeling about your team's progress under Arteta? Yeah, I mean, it's just just all over the map. Um, and that's just, I think, where the frustration comes. But, uh, I mean, I was saying, I believe over text to you guys, like, uh, I mean, Arsenal, of course, playing Benfica, um, had a decent first uh, result and then uh, essentially uh, came back from – uh, I mean, what, 2-1, but 3-2 on aggregate and needed two goals in 30 minutes uh, in order to go through on that, um, which somehow we did. I was not feeling confident. Um, but, you know, I, I was just saying to friends who are Arsenal fans and, and you guys, if, if we had lost that, if we had been, if we, were, if we were out of the FA Cup, or sorry, out of the Europa League, I just don't really see how, how you could make a case for Arteta, one, not being fired, maybe on the spot, but staying next season which is pretty I mean sounds um pretty extreme but I mean going out in the round of 32 and then being intense like consistently for the past what I mean it was 15th two months ago we haven't I think once we were ninth but like it's just not that can't be the standard and while yeah there have been and a lot of these losses during that awful spell, we had so many red cards during like these losses and ties have all been just kind of like, you know, the, the draw against Burnley most recently, you could have, we could have had three penalties in that game. Uh, and so everyone will just talk about VAR. Not that Arteta 
necessarily deserves the blame, but I don't know, just the fact that two weeks ago, if, if we had not scored two goals in 20 minutes, I probably, not that I am necessarily Arteta in, but like I would be calling for his head, if that makes sense. So, and, and then you go and you, you beat Leicester 3-1 out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere. So it just kind of like, it's kind of all over the map. Um, I think everywhere Arsenal fans given up on the league, which is like kind of sad, but I just don't really think it matters. But then it's, that just puts a lot more pressure on Europa League. We got a good draw against Olympiacos, so hopefully we can go through the quarterfinals. But, you know, if we're talking about from you last season. You say good draw. Yeah, I was about you know, to say. I mean, I, I think, like, we ha- like if we're not going to call Olympiacos a good draw, we are in a True. bad spot. True. Like, a really bad spot. So, whatever. We'll see. I, I, I'm not super confident. I think if we reach the semifinals, maybe I'd give our, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd keep Arteta for another season. But if we go out to a, 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 another bat, well, if we go out to Olympiacos, but also maybe a not-so-great team in the quarterfinals, I just don't really see how you make an argument for a mistake, um, assuming we don't, like, literally win out all of our last 10 games and, you know, get, like, fifth. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. That's where I'm at, where it's just kind of, like, frustration, but not really knowing where to pinpoint the blame and kind of trying to figure out whether Arteta should be escaping the blame. Um, and I think... A lot of Arsenal fans are in the same position. But going to your Chelsea team, I mean, geez, I don't think I've seen – well, I, I feel like this happens a lot, but when a new manager comes in, usually there's a, a pick-me-up. But, I mean, watching Chelsea, while it might not be goal fests, if anything, the opposite, uh, the, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. How you how you feeling about your team? Yeah, I mean, Tuchel's tenure has been super interesting so far because, you know, on one hand, Chelsea – defensive like you know the main frustration about Frank Lampard's tenure I think was that each week was like you didn't know what Chelsea you're gonna get like some weeks you got like super aggressive going out there other weeks it was like the team would just fall apart and so the most important thing that I think Tuchel's brought is like that level of consistency you know shifting to the three center back um system with the wing backs uh Mason Mount is playing out of his mind and, you know, yeah. a lot of that Mason Mount was Frank's son. You know, if he's Frank's son, he's Tuchel's stepson. And he's been a great stepdad. Which uh, people were worried about, right? Chelsea fans were worried that, that Mount, not Mount wouldn't be as good, but just that, that relationship might, I don't know. Right. Yeah. There was and I think the relationship there. is like, I, you know, I think football fans do this a lot where we like sort of project like weird, like because Lampard and Mount were both English midfielders, like, that there was some like divine relationship between the two. But I think what's interesting is, you know, the opposite of that is that a lot of people were very excited because Christian Pulisic's best season or like his breakout Dortmund season um, was under Tuchel. And Christian Pulisic is not playing football right now. Like he came on for the past last three minutes of the game today Every other winger option is getting consistent minutes. Like Kai Havertz had a phenomenal game today. Um, his best game in a Chelsea shirt besides like the hat trick against Barnsley, which we really can't put in the same category. But, you know, Ziyech is getting runs in. hudson Adoy is playing his best football in a Chelsea shirt. So that's a frustration. But I think ultimately it's the baseline is there. The results are coming. The fact that we are in fourth, the fact that, we 
you know, beat Atletico Madrid in the first leg, which was a huge result and yeah. Giroud brilliance. But like, these are results that are pretty huge things. And if you had told me like when at Frank Lampard, when he got fired, that I'd be sitting here in early March, top four up going into the second leg versus Atleti, I would take it in a heartbeat. And of course, you know, there've been some very frustrating results along the way. You know, like I think the no-no against Man U might've been one of the worst games of football I've watched, you know, in the past like five years. But at the same yeah. time, there is the consistency. Like the attacking consistency is not there yet. You know, I think Werner is playing much better than he was in the beginning of the season. He's putting in the effort. He's not getting the goals right now, but he's like playing well. Yeah. Well, Mount is playing well. The big two just incredible resurgences. I mean, maybe three. I think defensively, there's a couple. Christian on like the return of Christensen to the fold to become like just an absurdly confident center defender is insane. Like today, he just stood up for Charleston. Charleston is trying to run past him, just stuck his foot out. Just beautiful tackle. But we were not seeing like we were maybe seeing that. I think early, I think thing is late Conte, maybe even sorry, early sorry was before the loss against Barcelona. He was playing really well. And then he had an injury, sort of fell apart, confidence was lost, but he's playing really well. As Piliqueta, just absolute champion. Like, you know, the fact that he has switched from that he signed for Chelsea's a right back, moved to left back, played right center back under Conte, moved back to right back under Lampard was out of the team at the beginning of the year and then is now back to playing right center back. Testament to the man's consistency. But I think the biggest improvement that I've seen thus far is Jorginho's role. Like the Jorginho, Kovacic, midfield pivot, playing phenomenally, holding up play, denying players any opportunities. Um, You know, teams are not getting shots against us. You know, Liverpool was the 86th minute. That was a great win. You know, there is that level of consistency. What's left is the attacking consistency. I don't think Tammy Abraham is going to spend a lot more time in a Chelsea shirt. Unfortunately, yeah. Tuchel continues. It does seem like that system. There is still the need for a defined goal score. You know, I think the ideal system is probably, you know, if we're going to stick with three at the back, which I have my res- – I think very few football fans are like, I want my team to play – a system that includes five defenders. It's just not like the way we're conducive. Like, you know, we're like wanting the excitement, but if that is the case, I do think the ideal system is Warner coming in on the left, a goal score down the middle mount on the right, maybe, which doesn't leave, you know, ideally, you know, like I think Havertz could play there. I think Mount could drop deeper. Like I can't make an argument that Mount shouldn't deserve to be there because he's by like consistently been our best player this season and especially under Tuchel. But, you know, I'm going to say, like, I'm very optimistic about the rest of the team. You know, I think it's going to be very interesting who he brings in in the summer. You know, what his, I like, future is going to look like. Like, give him a transfer window. And those signings are going to be indicative. Because, like, right now, it's, like, looking pretty good. And so, yeah. you know, eyes yeah. are on I third, mean, eyes are on second. Yeah. So. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. Just, I mean, for you to say that. Not that, of course, I mean, of course it's a real um, – you guys have a real chance, but just crazy hearing that. Yeah, I mean, I think what Tuchel's done, at least for me, is Lampard had not his direct 11, but almost his direct 13 or 14. You didn't see half the squad, and you knew it was a deep squad, 
you knew like you know when you guys played in other competitions FA Cup um or the or the other uh, I always forget the name of the Carabao Cup Carabao uh, Cup like, yeah. you know, like Christensen Rudiger all you know some of the younger players um and but you just knew I mean you I I, I would be you know I would bet my life on Christensen not starting a game in the Premier League yeah that part um so I think what you guys have just done is all these, you know, uh, kind of like side acts almost uh, or like extras in a movie are now like coming to the forefront again. I mean, Marcus Alonso looked like he was never going to play again. Just uh, so many, so many, you just have so many players that I, well, I, I mean, Rudiger, like Rudiger started the last game, of, Rudiger too. the last yeah. couple games yeah. of Lampard, but is now like starting every game. And so part of me wonders, and this can also apply to Arteta to a certain point. It's like, is it important to have like a manager, an experienced manager? Because, you know, Thomas Tuchel has been managing clubs for, you know, you know, started off managing, you know, youth teams, building his way up to Mainz, then Dortmund, then PSG, and now Chelsea, where it's very clear that like, he doesn't really give credence to like the guy being like, oh, like, you know, I'm a starter. Why am I not starting? Like Thomas Tuchel is very clear. Yeah. He'll be like, you're not playing this week because you're playing next week, you know, or like whatever it is. Yeah. And like, just from reading what was going on in the Chelsea dressing room and stuff, like the lack of communication and the lack of authority, I think is an important one. And it's because when Tuchel comes in and is like, this is my system, you know, here are the players that I'm going to use, like da, 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 da. And like, we don't have, you know, eyes in training. We don't have like eyes in the, like, I can't hear what he's telling in the team talk. But like yeah. when Havertz, who does not play like the past few games, comes to the bench, comes in today and is running down every ball and is doing that when, you know, Christensen can come into the team and when Mount can be benched and then come in and put in a shift. It's like that rotation, I think, is a hugely important part, especially in a season like this, where it's the games are stacking up. Everyone is tired. There wasn't a proper summer break. So I think the important like it's been a pretty important shift because we don't have to rely <clears throat> sorry on like the one or two players playing the same like of course Andrew Lampard yeah. it was if those one or two guys who were in the squad every single week did not show up the team just fell apart you know if exactly. Conte has an off day fell apart if you know Tiago Silva makes a mistake fall apart but now it does feel like there is that level of like consistency and as you said I think everyone has their role and those roles are coming true so like, I've been very impressed but I do think it's, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's a hard job. It's like, these are players making a shit ton of money with huge personalities and even bigger egos. So maybe it, you need some guy who knows how to manage that. And like, he looks like, you know, I know aesthetics are not the most important part of that, but like Tuchel has got the whole like manager aesthetic down, like perfect with like the jaded German in the tracksuit like standing up and like yelling and like bantering with the players he looks yeah. good at his job yeah 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 totally totally um I think we have to talk about um I mean the biggest talking point right now one very quickly not the bit this wasn't the biggest but um briefly reacting to Man City finally losing a game or well just anything other than a win uh, right I mean it was it was I mean, it wasn't even I, I, draws I think um, yeah, I think the stat was that this was the first time they'd been losing in a match yeah, since November, yeah. which is an yeah. absurd stat. Like, Unreal. you know, and it does look like the league. I mean, like, 
I, I predicted that they would win at the beginning of the year, but like I did not predict that it would go like this, you know, because if we, you know, we talked about this last last episode, and that was before like 10 of these wins, like they were on a winning streak of like 11 when we talked and it was, you know, yeah, how Pep has turned his team from being like seemingly falling apart at the beginning of the year to this. And so, of course, they go out and win 21 straight matches. And they demolish everyone. Um, and then, you know, hilariously, they lose to United, which I think is just like sort of comically funny. It's going to keep, you know, it's going to save Ole's job for the next like six months. Yeah. But, you know, watching the game, it, it didn't really feel like an indictment of the system. It did feel like one of those days. And I know that's such a cliche that like people use. It's like, oh, it's just one of those days. But watching it, it like sort of felt like it, like the penalty a minute in that meant that like United could just yeah. sit back and then like the Luke Shaw counterattack. Luke like, Shaw looked like, yeah, yeah. That Watching that goal. Uh, I mean, Luke Shaw's like, resurgence this year is actually pretty incredible to watch because, you know, they saw yeah. Alex tell us. It kind of pisses me off. I kind of, I, I mean, well, I mean, like, not that he doesn't deserve it. I'm, he's playing well, but I don't know. The, the whole Man U team just kind of like, I mean, I already I've kind of accepted that they're a top four team now, which is, is frustrating in its own right. But just like, yeah, the penalties, the just, I don't know. Everything seems, it just gets, gets a little frustrating. But yeah, no, definitely a, a big result. Um, and while, of course, it helps to get a penalty in, the, in what, 40 seconds in, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely think um it'll be interesting just how city finish out finishes out their season because i could imagine them just going on and not losing another game or possibly you know having a little bit of a not no, no i think there's no chance they don't win the league but just like having yeah, a little bit it would of require a, it. but it shows just last thing on the prem just like shows just like what chelsea are doing right now where if you keep clean sheets if you do not concede goals you're i mean well of course like mathematically you won't lose games but like it just take one goal like city doesn't need to be thrashing teams if they're not letting teams score at all and same with chelsea they're not they're not letting anyone what as you were saying not even get a shot off so if you can do that you can afford to just rely on you know mount doing some one thing special game kind of not that you guys are doing only one thing special game but just like a moment of brilliance because that's one zero and that and yeah and, and i think it's also especially true this season because this season what's going on is teams are not able to press as much as they have in previous like i think you know i was reading tom warville for the athletics analysis of pressing stats and every single team except aston villa are pressing less than they were last season which means yeah. that teams that are possession dominant are just going to give up less goals because they don't give you the ball so city and chelsea are teams that are built around possessing the ball and like Tuchel's Chelsea possessing the ball and it's like if you're not pressing you're just not going to get the ball so it's you know when you can you know play in Mares and Mares goes on his like weaving run and you know drop someone plays it back and Gundogan can score when Mount can cut in and finish when you know you can play Havertz through like those small moments of brilliance are enabled because of like that build up in possession and so yeah. you know while John Stones and Ruben Diaz have been very very good centrally they also haven't been tested that much because teams just aren't winning the ball and i think yeah that we got to talk about the team that is known yeah. for their pressing most like that we think like their identity is built around pressing and that's liverpool and yeah. when liverpool are giving their opponents more of the ball and there's been more counters like like 
I have don't think I've the last time I saw a team disintegrate the way Liverpool have disintegrated in the past like few months is Chelsea 2015-2016 that you know the end of Mourinho mm-hmm. like I and outside of that I can't think of one because it's a team that you know Klopp is like so like you know they're like the you know if we look back at the end of last season right like the mythology of Liverpool like you know this is like a mentality team this is pressing like they're like you know take the punches you can you know next man up and then it's like you know obviously the center back injuries are a thing obvious but like they just aren't playing and it's like center back injuries aside they shouldn't be losing to the teams they're losing to they shouldn't be losing to fulham they shouldn't be losing to brighton they shouldn't be dropping points left and right they shouldn't be going six games straight losing at home having won the previous like a hundred like that's insane stat yeah i would argue i mean it's unprecedented i think what's just kind of funny to me and i think kind of to you because chelsea at to some extent in the past uh have have had little streaks like this but like as an arsenal fan you know the 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 period of games that got uh, emery sacked the period of games that we had in in december where we didn't win for you know like it's weirdly because our team is just not like mentality wise in 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 general like just kind of has a weak mentality it's not unprecedented if that makes sense like we're really happy we have to accept it as as an arsenal fan at least like that's not something not six on six winless at home but like that is ridiculous but but just losing a period of games but like for it, it what stands out is just with liverpool as you said it was just it was it was a mentality thing i think you for me like it's like the, the thing that goes not untalked about but i mean sadio money has been absolutely dreadful this season and and yeah. Uh, having him in my fantasy, I know I was expecting 20, 20 goals this season, and he's been atrocious. Everyone's given uh, shit to Firmino at one point or another, and everyone knows that Firmino is not necessarily um, the dude to put to, to rely on in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. Salah, I mean, you know, we can talk briefly about uh, Klopp bringing him off, but uh, but you know, he, he still has what he's still the top goal scorer. I think he has like seventeen goals. Like it's not like he hasn't he hasn't been doing his job. So I, I wouldn't pay it on Salah. I think, it, I think Mane definitely is culprit, uh, and and then of course the injuries, which, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 unreal. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty astounding. The Fulham one, I mean, that was like, geez, when you can't get a result against Fulham, and and credit to Fulham, dude. I, I'm hoping Fulham may, if if Fulham stay up, like that'd be a massive, massive, massive. Um, like that that game again at the stat was that they were playing eight they played eight on loan players during that game or something which is just like how how is this a thing but yeah a huge result huge result and and the last thing I'll say about Liverpool is the inability like the lack of ability to win the ball in the midfield and the attack for Liverpool has meant that their defense even with because look even before injuries that seven two, like that seven two loss against Aston Villa happened with Robertson, Van Dyke, Gomez, and Trent. So yep. you know these and like look, I'm not buying like the Adrian wasn't goal. Like it was seven two, maybe it was five two without him. Like but like you Grealish takes steroids, Chaz. Do you know Grealish takes steroids? <laughs> but I think like the narrative, you know, it has really exposed Trent. And you know, because yep. this is a guy who excelled as the fifth winger, you know, 
when Liverpool are dominating and they're basically playing like a 2-3-5. That worked. That worked when they're pressing high and winning the ball and dominating games. But when they're on the defensive, like, man got turned inside out by Mason Mount. And, you know, when then he's able to take Fabinho on, it's like, you know, Trent's been continuously exposed. And it's not really totally his fault, but it, I think it is sort of like saying, you know, we looked at the beginning of the season, we're like, this Liverpool team is like sort of invincible. Like, where's the weakness? And yeah. player goes down. The other thing I think, you know, the Tiago signing is going to be oh, debated. I mean, just like, yeah, we could talk for hours about this Liverpool team because every single player is just like, not everyone, but, like, but just like you can have a, you right now. You have a bone to pick with each of them. Yeah, exactly. And it's the yeah. Tiago thing is like hilarious to me because it sort of is like a parody of the way Premier League fans talk about foreign players. Like they can't oh, handle the course. physicality. And it's like you watch it and you're like, maybe they're right. <laughs> like, like, but you, like, remember, you, you remember when, when they signed Tiago, it was like this team's going to win every, literally everything. They were like, it's the best midfielder. I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, it, it, that he's been he's been atrocious, and I've always never really believed. I mean, Trent. Yeah, I mean, what? Uh, like Trent and uh, Robertson had nearly thirty assists last year. Yeah, I mean, when you take away that, geez. Um, but let's get to the Champions League. I feel like we've, yeah, we've, I mean, we've covered most of the Premier League. So. You know, you know, Liverpool do play this week, but you know, hilariously, like they play in a game that's like sort of a foregone conclusion because I think they won what three nil and um two zero against Leipzig two zero two zero two zero um and then that was both not in Leipzig but counts as Leipzig's home game so that's two away goals but we've got I mean the slate of games this week is incredible and the first game I want to talk about is Dortmund Sevilla first leg phenomenal game three two uh, the hood with like an absolute scorcher of a goal. Yeah. Holland showing up, playing phenomenally. Um, and we're going to the second leg at Dortmund. Um, you know, have you watched any Dortmund this year? Uh, you know, I know like Holland is like the big shout, but you know, I watched their game against Bayern. Yeah, what a game over the weekend, which was a crazy game. You know, Dortmund go up two 0 within the first ten minutes and lose four two, which sort of felt like the most predictable result once they went two 0 up. Um, yep. But yeah, what are you thinking about this first fixture? Spain, Spanish team versus German team. Both teams in like a weird position in the league, but both showing up. Yeah, I, I think, whew, I mean, Dortmund are just so fun to watch. Uh, I, I would I would bet on Dortmund uh, seeing the tie out. I don't, uh, I don't doubt that it won't come with stress if you're, if you're a Dortmund fan. I bet you Sevilla will score a goal and the whole uh, away. Bay rule will will come come back not to bite but um we it'll be interesting that's all I'll say um but Dortmund Dortmund look good um they look they look I mean yeah Holland's just so dangerous I I just haven't seen he just so I don't know like how his his eye for goal and 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 the simplicity within his runs is just really fun to watch especially if you're a young striker I mean I would you just you should just watch him on repeat i mean he he, he just the way incredible he, yeah um and then like just his dinks dude his dinks like like he i i, I mean i'm trying to remember what uh, his goals against byron was there was that one like nasty deflection was that the first one not nasty, yeah, first one just like yeah the, and then the second one was uh was like a sort of tap in from the hazard oh true, true 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 yeah um but 
And then Dortmund just have all these like creative kind of like half wingers, half attack midfielders who all just kind of fit in. Yeah. Um, so I so. think the Sancho, the Sancho injury is a big one. So he's true. I didn't hear about match. that. It said to miss tomorrow's match, which is a big loss. I mean, the Sancho Holland combo is so much fun to watch. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. just, you know, we, you know, we could devote full episodes talking about Holland, but to watch a player that young, I mean, he's fucking our age. Um, yeah. You know, and like with his, off ball movement combined with what he does with the ball you know with his like surging runs with his unbelievable finishing like truly is like the complete striker and he's got so much like you know his improvement from this from you know what he was doing at Salzburg where he was you know banging them in for fun to now as a player is like pronounced like you can see you know yeah. the link up plays better and I'm just terrified about what he's going to do in the future because you know like he's got such a long career ahead of him and so much like so much room like not room to improve but you can see him improving and like i have no idea what an improved holland would look like yeah yeah totally on the scary on the sevilla front you know uh a very interesting team you know i think like they're a team that's like in this like really weird phase where it's like they don't really have like the one or two players that you would point at and be like those are great players, but like Lopetegui's done a really good job of like crafting the identity. You know, you've got players like Ivan Rakitic in there. You've got El Nezri, who's having a phenomenal season at striker. Yeah, he's playing well. Some like hilarious characters, you know, like right back Jesus Navas always popping up, you know, returning yep. to the minds of the English fans. And yeah, I think the Papu Gomez signing broke my heart as like a you know, one of the Atalanta tactical hipster fans. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's so much fun to watch. And, it, you know, I think that they're yet to get the best out of him. He scored an unbelievable goal I think, on his debut. Um, but, you know, they're so – but like, I, I, this is my, like, first game to watch. Um, and we'll get to Juventus Porto later because I just want to talk about my other game to watch first, which is Barcelona PSG, which – sort of isn't a game to watch because of what happened. In the oh, you don't leg. think Barca can do it the spectacular again, Chaz? I don't know. I, I wonder how many missed offsides calls are going to need it to be uh, done. I think, like, today, like, the Champions League posted on Instagram, like, the clip from the, you know, the Ramatanda, the, you know, famed comeback. And it was, like, um, Kainless happened, like, use one word to describe this game. And then, like, all of the comments were, like, robbery, robbed. So, yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe Cutter's paying some... Uh, like social media bots to flood the comments <laughs> um but yeah i mean you watch this game 4-1 in the first leg but story is we talked about holland we gotta talk and i feel like every time you talk about holland you gotta talk about mbappe like i've run out of words to describe him with um i would yeah. piece i read a piece on him for the wake paper it's on our blog at headsinthegame.com but it's just like how can you describe Mbappe with without just saying that like general like generational but I feel like that doesn't even do it justice yeah he's, he's special he's super special that third goal um where he curls it I mean without just without even taking a touch I mean that ooh, the amount of players you know I mean again and I'm watching Arsenal's now mid-tier soccer so I I have to acknowledge that I'm not necessarily watching anywhere near the quality that Mbappe um presents but the amount of players who I just have seen blast that over the like so easy uh, without a touch to just destroy that ball or not well I mean he still destroyed it but just put it over the bar 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's unreal. He's unreal. Uh, and, and this Barcelona team, to be fair, is a young team. I mean, this is no nowhere near the Barcelona squads that, uh, well, one came back against PSG uh, a couple of years ago, but also just in general, that, that's him too. Not that that was supposed to take away anything from what Mbappe did, because um, it's still PK and, and Longley, like, you know, quality experienced defenders. So, uh, yeah, I don't see any way that Barcelona comes back, uh, even though their um, comeback against Sevilla is notable, uh, both the Sevilla game and Barcelona game, uh, just that they were able to... That was an insane um, game. Crazy game. Um, so, it, you know, Griezmann's playing well. Uh, and, and, you know, Braithwaite, uh, might, uh, show up somehow, but, uh, I, I doubt it. Um, I, I see PSG, yeah. especially with four Wiggles. I just, I, I can't, I can't envision any other, um, any other result. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting to watch like what Pagetino has gotten out of those midfielders sure. because, you know, with players yeah. like, I mean, like Verratti, who is one of those guys that like, like I, I feel like sad that he spent his entire career at PSG so far because, you know, I'm not going to watch a lot of French league games, but every time I watch, you know, I turn tune into like, you know, their game versus Monaco or Marseille, you know, or Lyon or seem in the champions league, just the ability for him to dictate pace. And especially like, I've been very impressed by a guy who I think is going to get a big money move. If he decides to leave, you know, Paredes is playing phenomenally for this potch team. Um, and Drusy uh, really Gunnagay. Mm-hmm. Gunna Gay too. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah, a who would have no- thought, by the way. Like, yeah, kind of a nobody <laughs> at Everton. When he like moved, we're all kind of like, yeah. And isn't like Herrera still like playing a lot yeah, of minutes? Too? And, like, Herrera and Moise Keane is like yeah, well, Moise like, Keane, which like we everyone loves to see, of course. And I think a lot yeah. of people didn't expect I don't think people bet on Moise Keane being such a success, but just like knew that like you know, given a run of games, he could he could get a, a, a good amount of goals. So um, I think everyone's excited to see that. But uh, yeah, after that dreadful spell at Everton, I, I don't think people were, uh, or definitely, I think he raised a few eyebrows. Um, real quick on the yeah. Liverpool-Leipzig game, I will mm-hmm. say the one thing while watching Leipzig recently is how bad McConaughey's played at times this season. Because So, agreed, agreed. I mean, I, considering... Look, he's already settled his move to Bayern. The money's uh, essentially going to be moved to the bank, so he doesn't doesn't really matter. This. For Can him. we talk about this for a sec? That's so <laughs> fucking weird. It's like it's not weird that he's signing for Bayern because, like, I think we all like like there are like three clubs that you could probably sign for. You know, Bayern, you know, have this like weird like you know they just buy the best player for their opposition, but it's so weird that they like announced it in February, like. It's just like such a strange thing that I feel like it's so German soccer. Like that doesn't happen anywhere else, but it feels like anytime you're like, oh, oh maybe Bayern will be a little bit of like Ziek and Pulisic's moves that were uh, determined before the transfer window or, or my, or, and Werner or both. The, wasn't Ziek announced in like March? Yeah, but it's like, okay, the Ziek one, definitely. Like the Ziek one, I, I definitely see. The Werner one also true, but like the pandemic had like the little weird thing. Pulisic's different because yeah, yeah. like I'm we just, bought him and then loaned yeah. him back. Okay, but fair point. I'm just acknowledging this, that you know, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's a Leipzig thing. Yeah. Purchases in the spring aren't something that your team isn't too too unaccustomed to. But yes, I, I agree. But, but it's this definitely... one was like, yeah, it was just a weird one, especially for like the title rival. Like, I think like the the fact that they're in the same league. But I, I totally agree. I think you know Ubukana has not been particularly good. You know, Leipzig do got. <laughs> 
the main man, Tyler Adams, representing the U.S., which is fun. And I, I'm very excited to see what, um, you know, Brandon Aronson is balling for Salzburg right now. I hope he gets the Leipzig call True. soon. But, like, do you think there's a chance for Leipzig to come back in this one? Because, like, you know, if there's a time to come back from two goals down against Liverpool, it's now. Yeah. I mean, look, they've been playing incredibly well in the Bundesliga. So, I mean, while, of course, I, I did dish some uh, shade to um, Makano, it was just more in reaction to him essentially being the most desired defender in the world. So you're going to be yep. focusing on his performances, um, you know, much more than possibly other players in the team. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing really well in the Bundesliga. I, there's definitely a chance, especially with Liverpool, um, somewhat leaking goals. I just don't think... I mean, their attacking options are, are still good. Um, Sorloth has been getting on the score sheet, and he's been on, like, five different teams in the past five years. So maybe look look out for him to make a difference. But when you're playing, like, Nkunku at center forward, it just the whole the whole system is, is confusing to me. But it worked for them, right? Um, While well, maybe some people might carbo- call them like a, far- a farmer's league. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, I think that, I think there's still, um, still, still, still a shot. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, it's, a, it's a tough one. You know, I think, like, in my heart, like, my brain probably tells me no, but my, like, gut tells me, like, <laughs> there's a chance. It, Leipzig are one of those teams that's, like, another one where, like, I can't really pick out, like, a single great attacking option. You know, I think, like, Yusuf Poulsen puts in a shift, but I don't think he's, like, particularly impressive yeah. goal scoring. I think, like, they really shine in, like, their, you know, midfielder abilities. You know, I think like Marcel Sabitzer is a phenomenal player. Campo like puts in a shift. Conrad Limers like puts in a shift. And like, that's where like, I think their core is, but like, it's hard for me. And like, but like, who knows with this Liverpool team? Because I could definitely yeah. see them giving up an early goal and then all mayhem going loose, especially given that, you know, two goals sends us to extra time. But then if, you know, Leipzig score three, this thing gets, pretty fucking crazy even if Liverpool score so yeah and you know last but not least I think that biggest upset of the round of 16 I think like of the first oh, by legs, far by far was Porto 2-1 against um the Juventus I the you know the score line is not really indicative of the game because you know I think it was Chiesa who scored with a minute two minutes left in yeah and with so to make it 2-1 and give like a huge huge away goal to Juventus like you know that probably you know if they come out in the tie that's the moment that we're going to look at but Juventus another team you know they've won you know they've dominated the last decade of Italian football but this year they've got a genuine title challenge you know they are third currently you know inner and um ac milan both playing like their best football of the last decade as well um so you know do you think ronaldo and co with you know the bearded magician as manager can do it shout out also another american weston mckinney obligatory respect to the good gang yeah of course i mean that's as, as americans we have to look at McKinney's performances as as a totally shining light. And I think Juventus, what, two weeks ago made that uh, permanent deal, um, yeah. which is exciting. So <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think, I, think, I think it was a good news for Schalke because I read that Schalke were going to sell their League of Legends team to, like, make payroll. Jeez, <laughs> like, I mean, Schalke is doing awfully. <laughs> I, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, the, the worst part about Schalke is 
uh, financial struggles that they probably won't. Uh, they're probably gonna have to send Kolasinac back to us. Oh no! Uh, but they bought this toffee, so what we you know we have to we have to we have to uh, see the positives. Anyway, uh, yeah, McKinney's been playing incredible, uh, incredibly well. Um, I think Juventus, somewhat similarly to Barcelona, for me, just like they have all these really interesting wingers who just like again. Not a lot of big names. I think Kiesa is becoming a much bigger name, but Kulisevsky, uh, some of the, some of these just young kids who are who are uh, turning up, um, and then just like all these like mid. I mean the Ram like the the business they've done Ramsey, Rabio, all on freeze. Uh, it just yeah, there's there's a bunch of quality in that team. I imagine that uh, they'll go through, especially considering that a goal. Um, but Porto 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 looked threatening. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if, look, I mean, it's at Juventus. One, one goal from Porto, it's a completely different tie, right? Um, so I I don't know. I, I, I could see um, Morega, uh, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a handful, uh, and, and possibly Porto going through, going through. I mean, if anything, that would maybe uh, make our uh, close call against Benfica look a little less uh, disastrous as the Portuguese league is, is clearly – and not one to mess with, but um, yeah, I expect. Yeah, after expect Porto this. sold every single one of their players to Wolves over the summer. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and so yeah, I expect I expect Juventus to go through, but um, I'm hoping it's a nail biter, and I hope uh, I hope Porto score. I hope Porto score because then I want I want uh, Juventus to kind of be on the, um, I I yeah to be on the ropes. Uh, what do you think? You're saying, how you saying? I mean, how are you looking? First at? of all. There's no big European team that I like watching less than Juventus. Like I no. like, it's just like every game I tune in, I'm like, like, what's the point, guys? It's like, you know, look, Ronaldo is an incredibly brilliant player. Because you and yeah. I are messy stands, that's why. I mean, first of all, <laughs> definitely a messy stand. You know, whatever's going on with the Bala, like he like oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be out for like 10 days in January and he's still not playing. But, yeah. it's, you know, the system is just, like, boring to me. It's, you know, reliant on, like, a lot of, like, needless possession. It's, I think, very clear that, like, Perlo, like, does not really know what he's doing. Yep. Um, and defensively, like, like, there's not really anything, like, exciting. I think, like, players like Quadrado are, like, super fascinating to me. You know, wingers that turned into right backs. And put in shifts you know i think danilo is like pretty interesting to watch in this like three center back approach but you know yeah i think your analysis of the midfield situation it's like you've got like all of these dudes and it's like how are you possibly you know it's it's cosmic henny to play like left mid yeah in some of these games you know he's been playing in shifts you can't play Murata and ronaldo apparently and Murado is, you know, either, you know, scoring like a hat trick or getting like 18 disallowed goals a match. It's one of the two. Yeah, of and course. he's at least looked, I mean, he's looked, I think, really good. And like, I watched a bunch of their group stage games and he looked good. You know, it's hard for me to say that like, they're not going to go through because I think they, on paper, they're clearly stronger than Porto. But at the same time, it's just like one of those teams is like, I can never like really root for. Yeah. It's just so like, I don't know, mechanical, but like without any of the excitement, you know, I, I think Ronaldo's at this phase in his career, his, you know, his longevity is incredible. He's playing like really well. Like I think, but it's also, you know, a season like this is, and he was rested on the weekend, didn't start against Lazio, came off the bench, which meant Murata got, I think a couple of goals in. 
Um, or got he got a penalty and a he, yeah he scored a penalty and I don't know if he scored the other goal but you know like those are happening but it's like like do we really have to do this again? I mean, we um, didn't we didn't even mention Arthur like the what he cost like eighty million yeah. this summer like yeah, not that we needed yeah. to but my point just being like like uh, like looking at their roster it's just kind of like it's not frustrating but like Bernadeschi Bentancur remember for like a like a hot yeah, second was supposed I to be really like ridiculous. Like, I think, Ugh. like, the Bernadeschi, like, that's another thing. It's like, there's so many players that I watch on Juventus, and I'm like, how are you on Juventus? Like, Betancourt is, like, yeah. like not that good. Uh, Bernadeschi and Kiesa like, probably seem like they're the same player to me. Like, yeah, like, you I, literally I cannot tell the difference. I was, I was like, <laughs> like, I feel like they are never pictured in the, like, they're never in the same lineup because, like, yeah. one's in, that means, like, the other one has to, like, hide. Um, yeah, Bernadeschi is like a very strange player. Um, Kies is fun to watch. Like, I really like watching that. No, game. no, like, he's, he's, he's good. He's good. He's good. But, but it, it's similar to. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like Juventus are just going to suck out his soul like they do everyone else. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, we should, we should talk again before the, the next week's games. But is there any other um, matches we want to break down? Like, I, I know. Uh, I mean, Arsenal. Like, let's talk, We talked about Arsenal, Olympiacos. We can. You know, touch a little bit on the yeah, big games. I'm, yeah, man, Europa think, League. Man, you Milan is the one that stands yeah. out. Yeah, Man, you Milan will be the one that's fun to watch. I mean, man, you destroyed uh, Sociedad, which Sociedad, yeah. to be fair, yeah, wasn't too surprising. Um, yeah, Sociedad but, weird this year. Yeah, everyone kind of got a good draw. At least, or well, again, except for Man U, but um, there's definitely some interesting matchups. I I hope my boys uh, Dynamo Kiev give Emery a. Uh, give Emery a run for his money uh, and after a pretty incredible um, result against uh, Club Rouge uh, and, and same with Slavia Prague. I mean, taking out uh, Leicester. So Slavia Prague Rangers will be a fun game to watch. Um, oh my God. And shout out to Rangers, by the way. Yeah, we uh, have to give, first, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you watched, I mean, I would, if you're listening at this point, I would encourage everyone to watch the highlights from Rangers <laughs> and work, which was the craziest game I've ever, like, yeah. picture I've ever seen. I think first leg was 4-3, second leg was, um, oh my God, what was it? It was uh, uh, something in the high numbers. 4-3, <laughs> uh, yeah, 4-3 and then 3-2. Oh, no, no, yeah, 4-3 and then 5-2, sorry, 4-3 and then 5-2, which was like an absurd, absurd 14 goals in a two-leg fixture. Um, yeah. Besides the Premiership, Premier League teams in the games you mentioned, I, I mean, I think all of these games are pretty interesting. I, I mean, there's no way I'm watching Granada mold, sorry. Um, but Roma, Shakhtar, also a fun game. You know, Shakhtar's got like their, you know, as usual, the Brazilian contingent of Tyson and all of those guys. Roma, very interesting team. You know, former Shakhtar player, uh, Mkhitaryan, um, and former Arsenal player. Now he's um, back. That guy's back. He's been playing super well this season, apparently. Yeah, I haven't been yeah, watching yeah, he, Roma. He, he gotta get, he's, been, he's been really fun to watch. Also, really fun to use on FIFA, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a, his a headliners card bringing me some fun. But I think that's a really fun game. Um, could be a really good one. And then just rounding out, I mean, you know, I think the weekend brings us some more premiership fun. I think, yeah, Chelsea played Leeds, which – is going to be a funny game. Um, and then, of course, last thing we got to talk about, Sunday, North London Derby, Arsenal-Tottenham. 
the time yeah. narr- narrative has sort of changed because Gareth Bale is like back. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like, he's been yeah. playing really well, but what are you looking forward to or fearful about in this game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, Bale looks like he's back, but then again, like they played so poorly at Fulham that you just don't really know what to expect. Like Arsenal, not that any knows what Arsenal will bring out, but um, I mean it's at home. I just think if Spurs do the double on us, I I just keep focusing on that because I just I think no one like not no one people are still talking about how uh, Arteta's not in the clear, but I just. It, that would be a demoralizing defeat, um, especially if it's if it's a big one. Um, so, because I don't remember the last time Spurs have done the double on us. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm nervous. Um, I think we'd have to get Chris on the show uh, to fully do the preview justice. Oh yeah, but, we'll um, get him. We'll get him. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 intrigued. Both teams uh, have that game sandwiched by the Europa League draws too. So that could be. Um, Telling how uh, yeah. Tottenham it's a tough run, tough run of games for you guys. I know um, that, and then I think like Everton and Liverpool are next up, so yeah, a tough one. But you know, a lot of good football to watch. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about West Ham in a later episode. Um, but Turner, thank you so much for being on. Join us from Montreal. Um, we'll get the full crew back on shortly, and until next time, thanks so much for listening. Find us on Heads in the Game. Uh, dot com and heads in the game on twitter turner and my twitters are both linked there um and thank you so much as always for listening turner have a great one good luck to the gunners and uh thanks we'll talk next time see you guys soon